You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast episode number 1,119. And it's good to be back here in the studios of octalkradio.net. Everyone wants and seeks peace of mind, both in their personal and their professional life. Wood, Gutman, and Bogart passionately advocates for their clients to have peace of mind and also takes initiatives and steps to help the future of our planet. That's why I've invited Vice President Elena Vieira to join us today. She is a friend and also a professional service provider here in Orange County. I wanted her to talk about the role that her firm plays both in helping their clients find peace of mind, professional and personal, and also the things that her company is doing to help the environment. Elena, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. Let's start with a simple question. They're always a good place to start. Can you share a story about your background that might help our audience learn a little bit more about you as a person? Sure. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, plenty of stories. but uh, So one that I kind of was ruminating about recently is this whole... Th- when I started in this business, and it's been almost 30 years. If I, it's hard for me to believe that it's been that long. At that time, there was a, a, lot, of, was a lot of noise because... The cost of healthcare was so high yeah, and right. out of control. Um, we're going to, you know, we're talking about, you know, late 80s, 90s. And then I got to thinking, well, how is that any different than what's going on right now? That's exactly what I was thinking. So I, I think that I, it was interesting because I thought, well, how I started is kind of how I'm, I'm not saying I'm finishing, but it is. I've, I've been on this journey over the last 30 years. Um, I spent a lot of time, uh, I started in this business, first of all, on the insurance company side. And when all of this initial transformation was going on, and we, you know, I, I was one of those people going out in the front lines talking to employees about their benefits and the fact that they were changing drastically. Mm. So, you know, you used to have a very high preponderance of PPO plans where people had a f- the freedom to go to any doctor that they wanted, but there was no cost management. So then the pendulum swung completely, and during that the late 80s, 90s, we were telling employees, well, you don't get to do that anymore. You don't get to choose which doctor you, you go to. You now have to choose from this HMO network. And so, I mean, you can just imagine what some of those audience reactions were. Um, surly, I would think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought if, if anybody hands out Rotten Tomatoes here, that's, <laughs> that's going to be interesting. And so now we're almost seeing the pendulum swinging in kind of the other direction because uh, after the Affordable Care Act in 2010, now we're back to, well, wait a minute, the costs are not any better. And in fact, we can easily make an argument that because of those HMOs, now we've got consumers that don't really even know what things cost because we're we got so used to making a copayment, ten dollars, mm-hmm. twenty dollars, right? Which, you know, that's just not realistic. So there's this this huge education opportunity out there um, that I think people like myself, brokers, are in in a very great position to to kind of take it up and and become those those educators. So, so you speak. think you think it's a good thing? 
because there has been a lot of confusion based on what you read and what you hear in the headlines, because it has been sort of a political football, whether it's the Affordable Care Act or any other name you want to call it. I, I'm not saying that it is not. It, it, the politics of it um, and the way it was done, and I mean, we can have arguments back and forth. I, I think, though, regardless of where we stand on the issue, okay. I think that there's there's got to be a consensus on the fact that there's an opportunity here to do things differently. Okay. So let, let's talk about that. And, and, and you, you said that Wood, Gutman, and Bogart is a broker. What is your niche? Who does your firm and who do you help professionally here in Southern California? Yeah, g- great question. Um, so B- Wood, Gutman, and Bogart, and, and just for purposes of this, in the remaining time that we're together, we'll call it WGB. Is that allowed? That's allowed. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, WGB is a full-service insurance brokerage agency. Um, I, our niche, if, if, I'm, if I may use that, is really, I would say, California-based small and mid-market employers. Okay. And that sees a lot of different variations yeah, right. and definitions. But I would say that employer groups, we, we're, we've gone to great lengths to segment our business so that we are able to serve and, and serve well both the small employer and a small employer in California is less than 100 employees. Yeah. That's not always small. That feels, I mean, that's a lot of people. Well, but. you have to understand that up until a couple of years ago, it, it was 50 was the cutoff. But mm-hmm. then because of the Affordable Care Act, we had this change. And in California, we redefined small to okay. be anything under 100. Okay. So we've got our, our segment that handles the, the smaller or serves the smaller businesses under 100 employees. And then we've got our large group division, which ha- is, is going to service 100 plus. But the sweet spot really for, for, for us is going to be a, a, an employer in that, I would say, 100 to 1,000 space. Okay. We're, we're not going to be everything to everyone. And niche-wise, in terms of an industry niche, we we really it, benefits is an interesting uh, area because there aren't really niches. It's not as if, for instance, on our uh, the other side of our, our our brokerage practice is the commercial insurance, and that is much more niche driven because certain products are necessary based on what type of business you are in. Okay. So you know, a food service company needs certain types of insurance that perhaps a manufacturer does not. Um, with benefits, it doesn't really work that way. It's really more driven by what what are your demographics, mm-hmm. you know. And, and nowadays, that gets really interesting because you've got multi multi generational workforces, pretty much everywhere. Right. So I I think we're still in a really exciting industry because nothing ever looks the same mm. day in and day out. There's always something that's ever, that's varying, that's different. So tell me. Good explanation of the markets that you serve. What makes your firm, we shall call you WGB, different from others who might be calling on the same kind of clients? I, I would say one of one of the key differentiators and, and something that was very appealing to me, um, having been on both sides of, of the spectrum, is the fact that we are a privately held firm and a privately held firm with a 30-year history. Hmm. And, and that's that's different because, again, if I may, the ACA did a lot of interesting things to our industry, and one of them was um, a lot of those more privately held, smaller firms really had to 
make a decision on whether to stay in the game um, with all of the requirements, all of the compliance support that you mm. now would have to give a client. We, we ended up seeing a lot of acquisitions and a lot of those privately held firms went away. Wow. Talk about an unintended consequence of government regulation, exactly. right? That's exactly wow. right. Um, and there are, there are probably a lot more than, than, than that, but yeah, that's, a, that's exactly what I thought. Um, so the fact that we are privately held, despite the fact that most of us on the team, on the benefits team, have 15, 20 years average tenure in this industry, we adopted almost a startup mentality because we really had to think about building this practice in a very transformational hmm. era, if I, if I may. We're, we're back to really seeing tons of transformation in this industry. I don't think we're done yet. I think right. that the Affordable Care Act kind of kicked things off, and now we're kind of in suspense. Mm -hmm. And there's so much going on. Technology's thrown you know, a big. I was just going to ask. Yeah, absolutely, very dis di disruptive. Right. In in a good way, I think, because um, when you think about all of the responsibilities that fall that befall an HR department. Right. Um, there's just so much going on. The technology piece is almost critical to help take some of that. We're talking with Elena Vieira, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm thinking it is such. I I think what you offer is such a confusing solution for employers you got to explain it to the owner or the ceo or the president or whatever right hr they got to make a decision and then once they select you and they select the programs then you have to take that responsibility of educating their rank and file employees right that's correct and that's exactly right and there's a, a thousand questions a million questions there there are and then add to that the language Right? I right. mean, we're in Southern California, right? right? So you've got tremendous um, mm -hmm. differentiation in terms of how you, you know, somebody's preferred learning method, whether it's English or Spanish. Um, and that's that's an area where we differentiate ourselves. Um, I, I myself have, my first language is Spanish. So I, I have always been able to really add some value with right. respect to the communication aspects. Um, and the fact that regardless of what my position might be, I've always felt that it was my my duty, really, to be on the front lines and be available to educate the employees. And I think it really starts to help, an, it helps an employer align themselves with their employees when we can carry the message the way that it is intended from the employer to the employee. Right. Uh, because the value of those benefits sometimes gets lost in the shuffle, and, and it's a, there's a lot of money at stake here. That's what I was, uh, We're going to be taking a break here uh, in a minute uh, here on Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast with Elena Vieira. But that's the other side. I'm not sure that a lot of times employees appreciate the amount of commitment, financial commitment that a company makes to offering com competitive health care benefits. I, I would agree, and I, I think that I, I, you know, we see a lot of variation. Sometimes we see employers that really want their employees to know what the, what the investment is. Okay. But actually, the majority hesitate from sharing that. And, and our job as brokers, when we are engaged, is to find ways to add that value to make sure that employees recognize that. And, and a lot of times it, it falls on communication. What kind of communication pieces are we putting together? What is that employee touching, feeling, experiencing? Mm -hmm. Because that really is one of the conduits to understanding or, or, or grasping the value of what is being offered to them. 
Because I think most employees see how much their portion of the contribution is, and they compare it to what they had to pay in previous years or maybe years, years ago, ago, right? And they haven't, they haven't lost that concept that more and more of the cost is being shared by the employees. Oftentimes, they don't know until they leave the employer and then get their continuation rights information, and they see the whopping price tag on <laughs> that. And that's that's unfortunately sometimes when they do see it. Right. And this is a significant issue because the health care costs are rising and someone's got to pay them. But you made an earlier comment, which I would wish we had more time to dig into, which is this basic disconnection between the consumer and the price of the service that they're paying for. Absolutely. There's no mark, no real market there. They're, like you said, it's the copay versus the full burden cost of that procedure. Well, and in, 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 in industry-wide, we have not done a good job of making the information available. It's very hard. It, you can read, there's an article almost weekly on the varying costs of services going from one provider to another. Right. So then you add that layer of the lack of transparency or the lack of, of how do we get this information to people so that they have access and at their disposal and it is easy at, the, at their fingertips to be able to identify what would it cost me to have knee surgery? And, and compare it so that in within my zip code radius, I know exactly what it would cost right. if I went to five different providers. Because yeah. it's not like doing research if you wanted to buy a television. I mean, you, you can easily identify what it costs. Right. It doesn't work that way in healthcare. So it's kind of wild. It is. And it's really important. It, <laughs> <laughs> Elena Vieira is our guest here on our first segment on the Critical Mass Radio Show. For those of you listening to us live on octalkradio.net, maybe we can come back talk a little bit more about the complexity in your space and Absolutely. what you got, what your firm is doing about it. Don't go Love anywhere, it. ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back with Elena after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime, not just live here on octalkradio.net, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. You know, since we started this show in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream on octalkradio.net, podcasts, and the other platforms like YouTube that we use. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly shows with great guests like Elena Vieira, who is Vice President for Wood, Goodman, and Bogart. And we were talking about technology. And one of the things that really impresses me about the work that you do and also your firm is the, you know, such a complex issue, but you're bringing 
innovation and innovative solutions to employee benefits that really are helping your employers to attract talent, but also then retain them. Can, can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'd love to. It's actually one of the great things about having joined Wood, Goodman and Bogart is the fact that I, not only am I helping bring our great services to clients, but I also get to spend a good portion of my time as director of client innovation, vetting, identifying, seeking out whatever innovative, creative things are happening within the industry. We, there's no shortage of news about the hardening employment market. Mm -hmm. So recruiting, retaining, I don't think any employer is, is not dealing with that situation. And so traditionally, the medical insurance, that's the costly part, right? That's, that's the, 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 the meat of the bottom line when, when an employer is purchasing health insurance. There's a lot of innovation in that space specifically, but that starts to really take on a real requirement for education. Mm -hmm. And not every, we've got to meet employers where they are. And our clients are not all in the same place on that innovation spectrum. So as much as we want to show them all the bells and whistles and all the great things that are out there, there is that limitation because sometimes we have to make incremental changes. And so some of those incremental changes can be made by adding no cost or low cost solutions that add to the benefits program without adding necessarily to the bottom line. What, what would be an example of a low cost solution that you could add? So low cost also can be repurposing of okay. dollars. Okay. okay. So for instance, one of the big things we're seeing um, to address the, the student loan right. issues, right? right? You've got millennials joining the, the workforce in droves, and a lot of them have student loan. So a lot of employers are looking at student loan repayment as an, as a, an employee benefit, where the employer is putting some money, t t contributing money towards this bank for right. the employee to help pay off some of those student loans. And that can be what money was maybe putting in, was being put into a 401k. Okay. Instead, now we're going to use it to kind of help pay off that loan, that student loan. Uh, other things, a lot, of, a lot of financial wellness tools that are cropping up in the market, whether it's apps to help people understand kind of their budget, mm. uh, what, what retirement options they have, access to coaching, things of that nature, to really are, are that's a, a really big uh, conversation. We started the wellness discussion um, talking a lot about the physical wellness yes. or the well-being of, right. of, a, of an employee. Let's get you moving. Correct. And, yeah. But we, we also gym. understand that it's the whole person that needs to be uh, kind of aligned. Right. And so this, what, this financial wellness idea, we're seeing a lot in, the, in that area. So if I might say, employee benefits is much broader than the health insurance and coverage that they get. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I think traditionally everyone thinks medical insurance, right. dental, dental insurance. Right. Vision care. Right. 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 And, and, and those are absolutely critical, yes. but those have become almost like that's a given. Right. But what else are we doing? Okay. How else are we enhancing this package so that when the employee has to choose between 
you know, two employers, which one's the employer of choice? Right. And, and you're saying these, these, these innovative ideas are being offered to companies that are with 100 employees and less as well? Absolutely. Okay. So my, my, my job is really, what are we doing for our under 100 segment? What can we offer? What's out there? What's available? What makes sense? And then, obviously, we might have a lot more options in the larger space. Right. But there's still plenty of, 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 of great solutions in that smaller market. The, the, I think the, the, the idea, though, is really identifying what the challenges are, what the goals are for that company, and, and trying to f- fill the gaps, whether it is, it, it, you know, with a supplemental product or products or some of these more innovative tools. Uh, it, there is no one-size-fits-all. Right. So we started this interview, Elena, with you explaining how sometimes there was animosity or at least frustration from the employees when you had to explain their benefits. I'd like to end it with this idea that when you bring these innovative products, maybe there's the also the excitement from the employees with, I would think the tuition piece would be a, a huge positive seen by employees. Well, it, it, all we have to do is look at some of the statistics. Uh, recently, there was a survey, a MetLife survey, and 60% of employees responded that they would be willing to pay more for benefits if, if they could customize Oh, their package. Okay. So absolutely, there, there's people want to have choices, and particularly in that mil- millennial group. Right. But it, again, if you've got a multi generational workforce, you can't just focus all your attention on that on on one of those groups, right? Right. So so offering a variety of things that that are going to trigger good good goodwill with each of your generations is really the, the, the perfect way to handle it. So we mostly have CEOs and business owners that <coughs> excuse me listen to the radio show. Does that customization cost them more? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Again, w- w- one of the things that we're trying to do all the time is we're not, we're not, we understand the sensitivity because there's already such a big ticket, such a big ticket right. item. So how can we leverage, find solutions and offset costs if there are any? And a lot of times it becomes part of, the, part of what we're offering as a service. So part of the service may be that for this size client, we are going to subsidize the cost for certain services. Oh, you'll do that? Services. It, it, depending on the client, absolutely. So again, these aren't one, it, there's no one size fits all right. when we approach clients. So if someone would like to learn more about you and your brand, how do they find you online? I got a little tickle in my throat. Sorry about that. <coughs> so... Email is great. If you want to email me, um, it's E as in Edward, V as in Victor, I-E-R-A at W-G as in George, B as in boy, I-B as in boy dot com. Wow. <laughs> you want to do that again, please? That was a mouthful. I was trying to keep up and I wasn't able to keep up, ladies and I'm right across the table from her. LinkedIn is always okay. a great place to, to <clears throat> connect with me. Elena, E-L-E-N-A. Viera, V as in Victor, I-E-R-A. And so your service area is what? The service area is pretty much all of greater, just Southern California, Northern California, all of California. Okay, so you're traveling up and down California. Absolutely. Do you find much difference in business owners, CEOs, Northern California, Southern California? You know, we have this initiative on our ballot. We're going to divide the state into three pieces. Are you finding that there's three different states in California the way you operate? Uh, Actually, I would say... uh, if you looked at Northern California and you saw the types of 
packages that were being offered there, you would find that there are absolutely very, there aren't HMOs in, in Northern California anymore. Why? The only one is Kaiser. There's a stronghold in Southern California. They really took off here. The provider community, these contracts were formed and were, they worked. Uh-huh. They did not work in Northern California. Oh, wow. So you'll find that they're, unless you're Kaiser, you're not offering an HMO in, in the Northern California. And instead, you might see a lot of high deductible plans with HSA. Huh. That is not so common here in Southern California. So interestingly, I could see how you might divide the state and you'd okay. have two very different well, I, profiles. I, I wasn't expecting to hear that <laughs> answer at all. You, you surprised me. And I think I've never done this in, in uh, 1,100 plus shows, but I think I need you to open that door because it... Okay. Okay. <laughs> it was looking like I, I thought you needed to get in because we were finished with our radio show. I'm sure Paul Roberts, who runs this station, is ready to uh, say that's all, folks. Sometimes it looked like he needed to have us let him in back into the studio. I'm not sure where he had to go. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend of the Thank program. You. Thank you, Rick. It was a blast having you on the awesome. program. Thank you. I love what you're doing, and I, I, I love the fact that you're bringing innovative solutions. And your attitude is even though this is complex and ever-changing, there's an opportunity to educate and help your Absolutely. clients. Absolutely. Thank you, Elena. Thank you. All right. Uh, I hope you'll listen to the next show. I'd like to thank our our producers, without whom we wouldn't have this show. They are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. You might want to read my latest book, Killing Cats Leads to Rats. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. Been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.